3: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Back of the Nest Preview Podcast. I'm your host, Terence Ford, and it's time for your weekly build-up to Crystal Palace's weekend fixture, this time away at Arsenal. Albert, unsurprisingly, is on holiday this week, but in his place, joining Heskiff and I will be the Crystal Palace social media manager from the past, Sam Jordan. Yes, yes, yes. It's Arsenal. We, we won there last season, Heskiff. Your, your first ever victory you saw live against Arsenal,
4: I believe. It was, yeah. And I said that I would never go again because I've peaked. But <laughs> obviously, I'm going to go again to watch us get hammered so I can start the cycle all over again.
3: Yes Already heard in the background there Sam Jordan Thank you so much for joining us Sam Really appreciate it
0: That's alright I'm looking forward to it I'm sorry about my voice it's, Normally it's awful And I've got a bit of a cold So I sound even worse
3: Yeah I'm slowly recovering from my cold And um, I'm really excited Because that means this week there's, there's no Lem Sips, And I can get into some of this
0: What kind of beer do you like? Heineken, Heineken? Fuck that shit ribbon
3: i'm excited for beer check i get to drink beer and we got someone new on the pod as well so before i get to you sam let's go heskiff what what
4: generic off the shelf co-op beer you're drinking today oh boo um i'm not drinking beer i'm classing it up um i'm having a glass of rioca rioca which not is very nice six pound 50 bowl I didn't buy it, so free, as far as I'm concerned.
3: <laughs> and Sam, what are you drinking? What, what what did Londis reveal on the way home? Well, I felt
0: the pressure when you said I needed a hipster beer. And uh, <laughs> I didn't even make it to Londis. I went to the shop opposite, which I'm fairly sure is a front, because it has no sign-up and it never has any produce in it. And um, I've misunderstood hipster, I think, for Tory. <laughs> it's called Old Empire IPA.
3: <laughs> and it right. is, is it any good
0: i'm i can't say i'm a fan so far my tongue feels quite heavy but we'll see how <laughs> go
3: might be to do with your cold right so this week it's, it's quite a big can this one i've got um from pressure drop it's called promenade it's a yuzu apricot vanilla and
4: milk sugar triple fruited sour so you are, that's made up <laughs> genuinely not <laughs> Albert, when you hear this, I know Albert's on holiday. When he hears this, he's going to fall into the sea in Greece, I think. Oh, my word. That is so weird. Um, I don't know if I like that or not, but I'm going to battle on through it.
3: Uh, But then you've just reminded me there, Albert, he he did send in a beer check for us. So let's have a little listen.
1: Evening, chaps. Greetings from Crete. It's Albert. Uh, Sorry, I can't be there tonight, but I thought even though I'm lapping it up in Crete in lovely 28-degree temperatures. I thought that shouldn't rule me out of joining in with the beer check. Uh, So just to let you know, I've got a big pint of mythos on the go and a frozen peach daiquiri. Stick that in your beer check. Thanks very much. Bye.
3: I mean, this promenade isn't far off of some sort of fruit daiquiri. it's, It's so weird. It's like a milkshake, but not, I don't know. (laughs) Okay, right. Let's get into talking about some football. Um, Crystal Palace have um, £22.5 that we're owed for one Missaka next summer. We've released it early by doing some sort of loan deal with a bank where they'll give us the money for a a small fee. I say small fee. It's somewhere in the region of about half a million. And we can unlock that money early and then Manchester United will pay the bank instead. So, Heskiff, delightful this is because we're going to
4: seems to suggest we're going to sign someone big in January. It's almost like we've done some homework, isn't it um well we, we always sort of moan at every transfer window that we're putting off the tr- the signings to the next window, so in the summer we're like, oh, you know everyone knows you've got the Wambasaka money, so the prices are up we'll wait until January and then in January we get that oh there's no good deals you know because everyone's rushing to to stay up or whatever. But it seems like if we're trying to release or get £22 million release to us, Mishy's coming home. Well, yeah, I mean, we've been linked with Mishy Batshuayi, obviously. Um, He scored the winner
3: tonight for Chelsea on the night recording that is Wednesday in Ajax. So, I mean, has he got himself into Lampard's plans there? Maybe. Uh, Olivier Giroud is obviously not getting in the team and there's been some press links with him and... Also, Morales from Glasgow Rangers. Sam, do you know anything about uh, Morales from Rangers?
0: I'm going to nip this in the bud and not disappoint either of you, but it is just my payoff, this 22 million. So it's not going to be <laughs> any good
3: use. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, um, something like that. Uh, your, your replacement or one of your replacements, Ryan, he... Um, he tweeted me the other day when I took a picture of Sellers Park with the lights on on Monday night, even though there was no game from my house. And um, he said, Oh shit, I forgot to turn the lights off on my way out. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It was, it was a glorious sight. If you head to my Twitter at red and blue army one, you it was stunning, but I have no idea where the lights were on. So there you go. But yeah, I mean, um, or Batshuayi, I would take in a heartbeat. I'm pretty sure. Um, Probably more Batshuayi over Drew because he gets more goals. But uh, f- yeah, but yeah, probably actually just Batshuayi because thinking Drew is more of your target man, hold up kind of guy and Roy Hodgson has just shown he wants to move away from that. So probably it would be better for Batshuayi. But Morales, Hesketh coming from, it'd be coming from the Scottish League. Uh, he scored a some fair few amount of goals up there, almost got as many red cards as well. So
4: would, would you take a punt on him for 20 mil? I mean, if it's that of him and Michy, I'd definitely go for Batshuayi. I, purely because we, we know that he can do it in the Premier League. Uh, I know there's the argument that Morales has, has scored a lot of goals, but, you know, the, the the moves from Scotland to England is not usually as prolific as you want it to be. So, um, as I say, he's, pro- he's, he's probably quite entertaining. I would quite like to have him in a team when we play Brighton, for example, and have him, you know, mug off Lewis Duncan and all their fans. But... In terms of an actual goal threat, I think Mishy is um, Michi is the one. I, I don't know if um, Sam agrees, but um, of yeah, of the two, I definitely, I definitely go for Batchwi.
0: Yeah, I think I exactly the same, to be honest. Because, like, you say Morelos has that sort of chaos factor of being seemingly a psychopath, but I don't know how valuable that is if you're after a striker score goals if they're going to get sent off every third or fourth game although I have just made that start up so obviously <laughs> that may not be the
3: case he does get sent off a lot but and Heskey I'd always I always knew you'd be a bit too straight edge for a Columbia rock up front <laughs> what can I
4: say I'll keep it pure
3: <laughs> um, I don't know if anybody went to see the um, Team of the 80s documentary uh, which was broadcast somewhere in Croydon Um <laughs> Sam' it's, it's being broadcast tonight on t v uh that's wednesday night um, it's too late for you to get <laughs> to listen to me and get recording, but I'm sure it'll be repeated at some point um you're gonna be watching that
0: i um as a new dad i will not <laughs> mm. I, I i would have if I didn't have a bedtime of about nine thirty these days but it's because um, it's one of those i know sort of some of the guys that got it off the ground and helped make it and it is it's definitely a a bit of a passion project for them and like it it clearly it looks really good and the amount that the club put into doing the box park event and stuff like that it's like there's clearly some sort of money behind it or some thought has gone into it (laughs) so Mm. you think it's going to be um and it's before my time so i'd be interested in it
3: yeah Oh, no, Heskiff, he, he said Box Park, disaster. <laughs> oh, you're on Terry's blacklist now, mate. <laughs> I, I still can't believe they put that Brighton crest up in Croydon. I cannot <laughs> believe it. So, yeah, right. That's all we're going to touch on this week in terms of Palace-wise uh, because, well, it'd be a little bit more in-depth Palace because we want to ask Sam some some questions. So in prep for today's show, I asked him for his few of his favourite tweets during his time at the club. <laughs> um, now, the one we'll start with, Sam, was uh, um, Laura Kussenberger tweeted, just officially confirmed, she, Shield being Theresa May, will go to Palace at 12.30. <laughs> you had some fun with this one.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's such a stupid joke, isn't it? We quoted it from the club account saying, please be aware, nothing's official until the club confirm. And it was during the summer transfer window. And so um, it flew. But it just came about through, as they, like any good work I did at Palace came about through trying to make the person I was sat next to at the time laugh. Which is not great for <laughs> my CV, but I was in I was in Thornton Heath Sainsbury's CAF with Terry Byfield, club legend Terry Byfield, um, getting a coffee. And we saw that tweet came in and we were laughing about it between the two of us. And we we're like, Oh, shall we do it? Uh, fuck it. Let's just go and hit send. And by the time we were back inside Celeste, it had already sort of started gaining pace. And then by Monday morning, when we had content meeting, I found out that Steve quite liked it.
3: (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's usually Twitter tends to fall more on likes these days, but to Mm. see something get 15,000 retweets is, um, that's a pretty hefty number. So, um, Yeah, good work on that one. Um, And I mean, I've got a bunch of my dad's mates who support Palace are always making uh, Palace jokes whenever it's mentioned as the Royal Family in the paper. So um, I can see why that went down very, very well. Um, Making dad jokes there, you've got in early. (laughs) Adopting the role.
0: (laughs) Exactly. Who knew back then? (laughs)
3: <laughs> um another one was the uh <laughs> we're all waiting with bated breath for max meyer to be announced there'd obviously been some leaks, photos of him on the on the roof getting his pictures done on a like grainy mobile phone kind of footage <laughs> um and you know Paddis fans often you know a lot of deals that we think are over the line are going to be finished have fallen through at the last minute so we're all there waiting with bated breath notifications on and what did you decide to do
0: I um, tweeted from the club that you could sign up to join the newsletter for the latest club news
3: (laughs) now people just went wild um it was a combination of people liking it loving it and people just hating you
0: (laughs) a lot of hating me yeah Yeah,
3: one tweet with your your name you being tagged in with just the fire emoji just (laughs) getting hundreds of likes
0: (laughs) that'll be my tombstone I think (laughs) <laughs> just, who knew that during the transfer window football fans are quite on edge and they everyone has notifications set so it's just absolute like fish in a barrel for putting out stupid tweets
3: did you measure um the uptake on signings to the newsletters uh
0: that wasn't my field so i didn't care
3: <laughs> <laughs> just creative more work for other people Uh, Then we can go back to December 2016. Um, Crystal Palace are playing Southampton, 70 minutes into the game on Christian Benteke's birthday.
0: Yeah, yeah, he got booked. And I tweeted that Benteke gets a card for his birthday. It's yellow. as the payoff. (laughs) And um, someone replied saying, oh, how long have you waited to do that? But all the match tweets have the minute, it was, I just replied saying seventy minutes
3: <laughs>
1: it was in the
0: press conference after the game.
3: <laughs> it made the press conference after the game as well.
0: Sorry, that was I was in the press conference waiting for who would have been the manager then? During during the carousel. And um I was trying to make Johnny, the old program editor, laugh. And so I showed him what I was going to reply to someone. And um <laughs> <laughs> it fills the time when you're for the manager.
3: Um, and then this this was I mean this one went super viral in terms of getting up in towards the seventy five thousand likes mark uh, <laughs> when a Palace fan tweeted uh, after Palace tweeted the lineup saying I'll just be happy if we get a corner when we were playing at Manchester City away on December the twenty second twenty eighteen and of course we all we all know what happened there we s- somehow in some freak of nature turned them over three two with notably Townsend's Thunderbolt from 30 Yards that later got nominated for Best Goal of the Year award. Um, But we didn't get a corner, did we, Sam?
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, no, that's right. And um, Alex and I, the other social media staff, and uh, Mason, the old cameraman, were in a pub in Crystal Palace having a um, pre-Christmas drink. I think it might have been the Sunday, the following day, after the City game, and Alex tweeted saying, you can't please everyone. With a screenshot of the stats and the uh, the tweets, and that we've not got any corners, and <laughs> it it might be his greatest work, and me being part of it, I've added it to my CV. It's on my LinkedIn.
3: So, um, you, you and Alex Howell, what? Quite a bit of a bromance between you two.
0: <laughs> yeah, a forced one. If he's listening, we're only friends because we work together. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Harsh. <laughs>
0: Yeah, no. He um he joined um after I, I'd been the only person doing like solely social media for the club. He joined after about two years, two and a half years, and um we hit it off straight away. He's um he is a nice boy, I suppose. I'm taller than him, and I'm funnier and more handsome than him. But he's doing all right for himself.
4: Have you got Have you got that on your LinkedIn as well?
0: I do. Yeah, that is my yeah. entire LinkedIn page. I just read out.
3: um we asked for some questions on twitter from um listeners and we got a couple so one there but with um Alex coming in because obviously when you joined it became sort of a growing role really social media manager in that sense and um, not every I assume not every club had them and it's obviously been a much um expanding role over the last few years um so if sort of let us know just sort of general bit of what you kind of do but then on top of that, we've had a question from Ben Robinson, which has said, um, "How would you advise someone looking to pursue a career in the world of social media management? And how did you try to be different to other club accounts and the content they produce?"
0: Blimey! Um, <laughs> well,
3: we, this is not an interview. You're not. We're not going to give you a job after this.
0: <laughs> it was worth a try. I um I sort of fell into the role through. I did like um. I studied journalism at uni and then um, was working as a football writer for Squawker, you know, the news, uh, football news site. And um, I sent Steve Parrish an email because I'd done my dissertation on Palace and supporting Mm. and it was shit. That's why I can't remember the gist of it, but it was rubbish. But I got loads of contacts out of it and I emailed Steve and he, well, he didn't reply, but clearly someone saw it and it was along the lines of, I think they were about to advertise for the first social media staff and I just happened to be right place, right time, rather than necessarily any good. Um, so it's a bit hard. Like When people have asked me that before about uh, what advice would I have for someone, and I sort of think like I got very lucky and it's hard to say, well, what you should do is just email the chairman and everything will work out because that's not always the way. But um, I always tried to give people work experience when I was in the role, so because I, I imagine that's the sort of thing employers will will want to look out for. That's what. And but then with that, you're going to have to do three hours and all sorts of dirty jobs. I'd imagine there, are, there's there's no clear route. I wouldn't have said. I I imagine there's there's probably better qualified people than me to ask. But try your best. <laughs> try and be Yeah, build up. A- a good cv that would be my advice yeah it's
3: weird isn't it you, you look at any job um and it, everything requires experience these days and a hefty amount of experience and you just you wonder you know how does anyone build this experience and get this you know it's really tough
0: yeah exactly right you pure luck. Mm-hmm
3: well good old who steve parrish's pa was <laughs> right so we got we got some slightly less serious questions uh, on a scale of 1 to 10 how difficult was it to spin a good social media story on jordan much
0: <laughs> uh, you know there were times it was very easy he scored a world the worldie every year in pre-season yes, uh, it really did didn't it there was one in south africa that was just nuts like he ran from halfway Passed about seven players in field and then lobbed the goalkeeper, and I was like, "This is it. Here we go. We'll tweet that to the end of time." But um I, it was one of those, yeah. I think, <laughs> sort of just left him alone.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. I mean, he very promptly blocked me on Twitter. Did Jordan much uh, uh, after he came out with some homophobic nonsense, and I called him out on it and told him he could fuck off back to QPR. Um, and yeah, so I never saw another Jordan much tweet after that. So
0: <laughs> yeah, I didn't really tweet that one. But...
3: <laughs> um, Chris Hamblin, Hambo of uh, Back in the Nest, has said, assuming it was Sam, how smug was his face when he did the tasty jerk white smoke joke? If it wasn't, how annoyed is he that it wasn't him? So uh, first, if you just explain what that was for people who might not know, and um... so that
0: was, I can probably take one percent credit for that um because i hit the button on the tweet <laughs> but it was um it was a, a really short like two or three second video of white smoke coming out of the chimney at tasty jerk by sellers and um to announce the new manager and i forget was it maybe Deboer yes. that was joining and um that was a joke from <laughs> almost the beginning of the internet on the bbs wasn't it and um, i know that the bbs is um i'll go off on a tangent but my favorite ever tweet was someone saying um why do you care what people on the bbs say it's just full of old men who love their dogs too much (laughs) Um, (laughs) but which has stuck with me for some reason but the bbs have been using that joke forever and um we sort of uh we were having a conversation in in the car park at Celeste when we were going to film something locally and we sort of just figured we'll get the footage, maybe we'll never use it. But um yeah, it was very much a, a team effort, so I'd have to say I think I, I would have thought it was Chris, Hannes, Charlotte, all of us involved at that time. Whenever it was, it seems like a lifetime ago. Nice. Uh,
3: we've had that guy James has asked what was your best day working at Palace? I know there must have been many of them.
0: <laughs> That's Hammes, how bizarre. That um he and any day I worked with him, I would say, he, he was, um, he was a sweetheart. I, my best day working at Palace was probably, the thing is, tour was always so good. And I always felt bad um, saying that <laughs> too publicly. I would always say it after a beer, if someone asked me in the pub during the season, but because like the results don't matter, um, a lot of the time you're in a place that, I certainly, at the time, couldn't I'd say. At the time, even less, I so know I've got a kid, I uh, could never afford to go, and so you, you just like sort of mucking about, making the most of it. So I, the tours were always, um, as a combined few days, were always good. You... deadline days. Really oh, I bet it was.
3: <laughs> did you ever um, pretend you were a player?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> definitely did. There was a few times when. There was a time in Berlin where we were at the airport, you know, when we played Union Berlin, and we were waiting to come home, and it was like, we were there one night, we were in a fairly shit hotel. It was like 34 degrees or something, and everyone had only bought like one change of clothes, sweating through them, and the Scottish woman and her son came up to me and asked for a picture, because I was in club tracksuit, I was not the shape of a footballer. <laughs> I was the shape of an aubergine. And she asked for the photo. And I was like, oh, no, I'm really sorry. I'm part of the media team. But, and as I turned around, because I was stood next to Yannick Balassi, and I went to gesture, here's a footballer. She went, oh, sorry, and shuffled off. So she lost the opportunity.
3: But on the heels of you pretending to be a footballer now, how many kickups can you do? Alex Howe was asked. <sighs>
0: This boy is going to be the death of me. He, he can do about 1,000, and he once demonstrated that in the office. I can do, I think my record is 12.
3: <laughs> it's, a, it's a solid effort, but especially, especially <laughs> for someone yeah. shaped like an aubergine. <laughs> yeah, Why <do> <laughs> um, how, Oh, God, th- these are friendly. How much of a twat do you feel after watching your celebration back? from the penalty you scored at Selhurst on your last day?
0: I, like, I was so head up on adrenaline that it really didn't dawn on me until about halfway through the following week how shit that celebration was. I you look
3: confused. You look like you didn't know what to do.
0: <laughs> i have just woken up on the penalty spot. It's so bad. I, I thought of... I'd agreed with Seb, the photographer, that... Um, once I inevitably scored, I'd run towards him and celebrate. Um, but I haven't run in about ten years. And as soon as I scored, I then sort of backed out and did a little hop. It it wasn't great. It, I I admire any footballer that gets off the ground and does a proper chest beat in celebration because there is a lot of.
3: Well, you can learn from the kids these days. It seems like going and mocking the away fans every time a kid scores in the half time challenge. is <laughs> straight over, there, giving it the big and so. But yeah, I'm not sure you, you you had that 50-yard sprint in your locker.
0: I'd have got a coin in the eye, I think.
3: <laughs> yeah, it's a bit different when you're seven years old, I suppose. Right, OK, that's, I think that's enough questions. So now we'll, we'll let you get on with it. Um, when we come back from this, we're going to start building you up to Arsenal this weekend
2: who knows wins are changing the culture of gambling by making it social they've removed the bookies from the equation and now you can bet on sports against your mates it's a great way to rake in the cash from your friends and have a bit of banter along the way in the chat section no odds no bookmakers this is all about the prediction on sporting events the more you know the more you win. Download the app on the Apple App Store or Google Play. For more information, visit their website at www.whoknowswins.com. Hey, Mike, so, you know, you, you, you've heard all the headlines, haven't you, right? You've heard, it's they're not a bookmaker, so there's no bookmakers involved. You can bet against friends and colleagues and even people you don't like Um, there's a social chat section to every league with live score updates it's simple to use and there's public and private leagues as well that appeals right
3: it does I'd much rather give away my money to mates uh, and have them send me messages telling me I'm useless than giving it straight to the bookie so yeah that sounds right up my street
2: Absolutely, and I will guarantee you that should I be successful against you, I will be using the chat function to abuse you in a variety of ways. I expect nothing less. So to set up a league as we have on Back of the Nest, all you do is set an entry fee, choose your matches, invite all of your mates in, and you all predict the outcome of those games. The person with the most correct predictions wins the pot of money. Uh, You can also join preset public leagues with larger pots of money competing against players from all of the UK. Uh, And obviously to join our league, as I'm sure you'll want to, download the app, deposit £5, and find us on the home screen of the app. (laughs) Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18+, plus. serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.
1: The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. In by Crystal Palace in front.
3: Christian
2: Pentecke delivers at last. Well that talks about Arsenal consistently giving away cheap free kicks. That's what they've done here. And then they don't mark. Of all the players, you've got to pick up. It will be. Lacazette. Ozil. Arsenal level, it was a brilliant finish by Mesut Ozil. So cool, so composed. One of those substitutes who will not be involved in the build-up of the best player on the pitch for Arsenal has been Lacazette and he's involved in the goal. And it's exactly that type of run that Unai Emery will demand from Mesut Ozil. On by Benteke. Here's Zaha! Back in front. Arsenal so impressive at the start of the second half. Simply switched off, and Wilfried Zaha has been able to restore Crystal Palace's lead. Crystal Palace have had very little attacking play in the second half. Straightforward flick on from Benteke. diabolical defending from Mustafi. He's urging his goalkeeper to be out to deal with that. Dubovic to deliver. Yeah! And it's been put in. James MacArthur with a final touch. Arsenal showing their vulnerability. at a set
3: play again. Right, yes, that's um, commentary there from our victory at the Emirates uh, last season. I say commentary there, assuming the producers put it in. <laughs> um, do you know, my, my main takeaway from that Arsenal game last year, Heskiff, was the celebration for James McArthur's goal when um, he so, sort of gets surrounded by some players and then four players coming from different angles and all, come, <laughs> yeah. all at the same time. It's like a multi-bundle. <laughs> yeah. So um, do, you, just, do you think we can go there and do it again this season? We were the last team to win there. I know in terms of games, it isn't that many ago because it was
4: towards the back end of last season, but it, they, they don't lose there very often. I mean, you You know what my answer is going to be, but um, I've got a mate who um, has a season ticket at Arsenal and he's been really going all out to tell me how crap they are and how we're going to beat them. And I've asked him, you know, I've said, seriously now, jokes aside, I know that I'm in misery, guts and all that, but what do you actually think? And he reckons we're going to win 2-1. And this is without Mustafi in the team now if mustafa if Mustafi was playing like a way win banker but um you know I, I, a lot has been made lately because they lost to sheffield united and i watched that game and they were rubbish but i think there is a there is a difference between arsenal away and arsenal at home um it might not be as big as it as it used to be but i still think they're a pretty pretty formidable team going forward at home um and you know i think the key for us on Sunday is to not do what we did at Tottenham, which was let a goal in the first 10 minutes or, or however much it was and then just sort of get steamrolled because, you know, I think Arsenal are quite capable of scoring a lot if they're on the front foot. So can we beat them? I think no. But if we are if we are to have a chance, we really need to keep it very tight and hope that Wayne Hennessy's is not in goal. <laughs> well, Arsenal... Uh... Did that to did what Spurs did to us a couple of seasons ago,
3: didn't they? Scored four very very quick goals, so they certainly have it in their locker as well. But looking back to um, Wolfram Zaha's goal at the Emirates last season, Sam, uh, you say you're not a footballer, but surely you could have done better than the stuff he did against him.
0: <laughs> I don't know. I was impressed with that defending. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah. I, I even I did some homework and I watched the, the highlights back of that, and it's so bad. I can't believe but I don't know what he's trying to do. He sort of just shepherds Wilf into the channel for the ball, one on one. It's a great shift.
3: I, I mean, I don't know. He seems to believe that he thinks Leno should be coming out who's like 25 yards away and is showing no sign of coming out. It's one of the most bizarre pieces of defending. And that that man has a World Cup winner's medal. So it's not too it's not too late for any of us. <laughs> Um, of course you you may know you may not know Crystal Palace fans and Arsenal fans will be walking together to the game from Sellers Park on Saturday sorry Sunday morning don't turn up Saturday there will be no one there um, and this is in aid of uh, mental health uh, the idea is to get people to walk to the game and talk to each other and you know just make contact talk about your feelings etc so if you want to go, it's not too late. You can still join. Uh, head over to, if you look at, at Holmesdale Cravatics on Twitter, um, you'll be able to find the details there. I think they leave sellers around 9.30 in the morning and then it's uh, a couple of hours walking, half an hour in a pub to get a beer in, relax a bit, and then walk, walk all the way to the Emirates. Um, it was done last season as well, and quite a few hundred people turned up, made it onto the news, and they're hoping to make it a bit bigger this year. And that's obviously hot on the heels of the Marathon March, which, Heskiff, we will
4: definitely do next season, maybe? Um, y- Let's say yes now. <laughs> and then, like, if we start training now, and by training, I mean I now live in a house rather than a flat so i've got stairs <laughs> and maybe by ne- like this time next year we'll be capable of walking 26 miles
3: sam did you do the marathon march i did
0: not no i um yeah i managed to avoid that every year um
3: <laughs> they were like they were like this there's, there's no bonus this year sam but you don't have to do the marathon march
0: <laughs> yeah exactly oh you were in that meeting <laughs>
3: yeah something yeah, like
0: that. No, it's always international break isn't it so i um i would tend to have plans and I would cover it from home not that it's not a great cause but um I, everything i needed to do i could do from the phone in the pub
3: <laughs> yeah well it's it's right i mean it's anyone that goes palace home in a way like i do will understand as well that when it's international break uh, usually the missus has has the say over what you do that weekend <laughs> Uh right, I've been listening to the Ars blog in preparation for this week, which if I seem to remember rightly, I think um Steve Parish appears to be a big fan of. Not that I secretly believe he's an Arsenal fan or anything like that, but there you go. Um <laughs> uh, they've started with fullback weaknesses, Heskiff saying that Kalezanash is costing them week in, week out, saying he's terrible on the ball. Um, he's just a bit of a bulldozer going forward, but causing them more problems than he's resolving. So again, that's um another chance for Wilf to show off his stuff at the Emirates.
4: Absolutely. I thing is, it's it's also a different proposition to playing a team, you know, like Man City, where my mate last week was saying, you know, he hopes Wilf doesn't have a good game, but I think Man City have enough to sort of counter us even getting in the ball. Whereas Arsenal, yeah, I, I think certainly Kolasinac is is a weakness. I've, I think that's fairly well known. And if we do put Wilf out on the right and he gets his tail up, which he should do because, I mean, really they were one of the main suitors for him in the summer. So you'd think he'd really want to show what he can do um, at, at the Emirates. And I think with Wilf, uh, I've said it a few times on here, but you know, if, if early on he beats his man and yeah gets his tail up and, and really starts going, then you know he's going to be a massive handful. And after his display last year at the Emirates if he can really get on Kolasinacchi's back, I think that's going to be a massive, massive plus for us and probably the the way that we're going to do any damage if we do. Now, I mean,
3: <laughs> Arsenal are, are Arsenal, so we know we've already talked about how they can come out and just um, you know, blow teams away. They have enough talent there to do it, but they obviously seem... Everything seems a bit negative at the moment and there. Um, Sam, do you... They, <laughs> Is have Arsenal had it too good for too long, and uh, they're not really just they are justified in feeling so negative about being fifth in the league and having a decent start and being above Spurs. And do you think them calling for Emery's head already is a bit over the top?
0: Uh, yeah, it, well, it's probably a bit over the top calling for his head because, above everything else, he seems like quite a nice bloke. But there is something really, really enjoyable about watching Arsenal and United in particular being dog shit. It's, oh, there's something, but they were the top dogs. Like when I, I was sort of uh, my, my, my most formative years watching football and it was all Ferguson v. Wenger and all of that. And so to see them both languishing is, there's something very delicious about it. But I don't know, like, they're not doing as bad as I thought. I looked at the table because i bothered to do a bit of research for this. I'm so out of touch these days. And um, they're much higher than I thought. I, when I was like, you see all the stuff they say on Twitter, and I sort of thought, oh, okay, well, they're going to be around mid-table. And they're not. Like, they're still doing okay. For their arsenal. Like, they're Arsenal. They're not going to be competing with Liverpool and City. They're, uh, they're just the most tiresome fan base, aren't they, when it comes to particularly Twitter, which obviously is where I live. They... Um, uh, very hard work
4: yeah i I agree with with everything Sam said that you know m- my mate was moaning about how crap they're doing uh I looked at the table also because I I mean normally I'm looking down the table you know I'm like who's in the bottom three is basically what I look at the table for um but yeah he's called like, oh, doing really badly and I was and I had a look and we've had not not an easy start but certainly going into the next few games it's been relatively all right I was like you're still above us. So I know everything's relative, but like Sam said, you're not you're not going to win the league, are you? So Europa places no. are where you belong. So the fact that you're in the Europa places, even though you're, you know, to quote them, playing crap, I mean, says says it all, really. So I think we've got to take with a little pinch of salt, or maybe a huge rock of salt, all of the moaning from all all, all of that Arsenal fan TV nonsense, because they just get hat up over. You know, him subbing someone in the 78th minute instead of the 76th. You know, they just wind themselves up to the point of blowing their top when actually things are all right. Mm -hmm. Does it not stink a bit of us
3: and our fan base, Heskett?
4: I don't know if that's a dig
3: at me. <laughs> i just think our fan base in general is, you know, we're 6th in the league at the moment. We've got something like the fourth best record in 2019 of all teams. And um, yeah. there are people genuinely saying that Hodgson's a dinosaur and should probably go.
4: Well, until that last bit, I was like, oh, you are actually talking about me. Uh, <laughs> that, I, th- I think football fans, especially with social media, and I'm sure Sam has been on like the receiving end of a lot of nonsense when he was at Palace. But like social media and Twitter, especially, just gives people a, a way to easily, really quickly moan and whine. And this is coming from me. I spend all my time moaning um, about about stuff when you know realistically everything's all right. And I think that's true of most football teams. I would imagine if you if you go on on a Saturday and look at the the tweets of fans who support a team that's just lost, it'll all be rough, rough viewing. But I think Arsenal are just, you know, elevated a bit more in that sense, where there are, you know, people actively look out on Twitter and, and YouTube to see just how mental they're all going, which is quite funny. But I also, you know, three minutes in wonder what my life is where I'm watching it. Yeah, Sam, you you must have had some tremendous instant responses after games.
0: <laughs> yeah, there were a few. There were the worst would always come when we were favourites or we were expected to win and we ruined neutral fans' accumulators and then suddenly, it wasn't just angry Palace fans, it was like Real Madrid fans and people from Saudi Arabia like really going in two-footed on us for losing 4-0 to Sunderland or something like that. And the, the best was and it might be one of my favourite ever defeats, up there with Swansea 5-4 which was utter chaos, was the, you know, when we lost 3-2 at Burnley and inexplicably threw everyone forward in the 89th minute to try and to win? Yeah. That one, um, after the game, so that was the, the weekend following a video we'd done with Christian Benteke, where Chris had got him to, like, play Kabaddi and eat grapes and there's was all these things he could do in seven seconds after scoring really quickly for Belgium. And um, people were tweeting us after the game, call for the manager's head, for the assistant manager, Keith Millen, he's got to go. Andy Woodman, the goalkeeping coach, what's he doing? Chris Grierson doing that video with Ben Teke. <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh, It was all a grapes' fault. Uh, it <laughs> it, 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 it sacked his energy in the closing minutes and um, he couldn't get back. Oh, that game was horrible at Burnley because um, Crystal Palace fans made the ill-fated mistake of singing 2-0 and you fucked it up. And, uh, <laughs> and then so you obviously Burnley get the winner to go 3-2 up and then walking from outside back to the station with just thousands of Burnley fans singing at us 2-0 when we fucked it up wow. oh, beautiful um, <laughs> uh, one one of your things that your Arsenal mate might have touched on her was that their willingness to go back under pressure um, this is what Ask blog was saying you know they will pass backwards they're too scared of passing forwards and um as a result, it ends up with them being a bit pedestrian. Um, we we've, we tend to get on top of teams quite well, you know, with carved open Liverpool and um, Anfield on, by giving them a higher press and stuff like that. So it, this, this is this something where we could get at them
4: as well? Yeah, absolutely it is. And and that's something um, I know that the review pod touched on, whether Luke should keep his place. And I, I actually think in a game like Arsenal and in the form that he's in, I wouldn't be too upset if if a uh, you know James McCarthy for example came in because it, it does make us a little bit more mobile, um, and you know I'm a big fan of Luca, but his form is 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 poor, um, and I think if you look at okay West Ham are a different team to Arsenal, but you know the midfield looked more mobile, looked more agile for me against West Ham, and and I think that if we're able to use midfield like that, it will it will be a big a big plus for us because. You know, Roy Roy does like to set his teams up to def- to defend well, but also to harry and press, um, even at the top. Like with Jordan Ayu, you know, who who runs himself into the ground these days. So it's good to hear that. I mean, it's all, you know, it's 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 easy to say, it, obviously, on a podcast, and than, than it is to do it on on the pitch. But yeah, I think well, you know we have a, a good setup. I think we're we're a very hard working team, and if they are currently sort of worrying when they're under pressure and going backwards and, and allowing the opposition to, to really get on them, then hopefully that will play into our hands for sure. I mean, um, to be honest, I'm really worried that you're saying
3: to, to inject some mobility into our midfield, we need to put in a player that hasn't been able to walk for the last two years. But there you go. <laughs> um Ozil has not been anywhere near their squad um, for the last couple of weeks, Um Sam, I joked earlier that he's going to be joining Victor Camarasa in the uh, <laughs> missing out on the squad lounge. Uh, how do, so being on this side of the fence now, back on the fan side of the fence, you, just, all the, you get a player come in a bit like with Max Meyer, you do the whole like, you know, build up and you get all the pictures and everyone gets really excited and then just not even in the squad. Have you felt about seeing Victor Camarasa and he's really, really slow start at the club? It's
0: a strange one, isn't it? Because he was, from what I saw last season, was so good for Cardiff. He's, I remember him scoring that ridiculous goal against Leicester, and wasn't he? Did he win, or he was in the conversation for their Player of the Year? And they, they all seemed to love him. So I, I was really excited when he came in, and then I, to be honest, until until you were joking about him earlier, I did completely forget he even existed. <laughs> I can't see the player, what around a Palace player? It's really bizarre. I don't know. Like, I think, yeah, like you say, on the outside. Now, I, I, I never had any in in the knowledge knowledge anyway, so um, it's no different really. But we like we hyped up Yaroslav Lack- Yak when he signed. We went all out for him, and that didn't exactly turn out too well. At least he's still in the country, Camarata.
3: Well, you know that that one. I I always spoke about this. Were him and Erdal Rakip and they both got the full as if they were new signings. But I always felt like that was, uh, we have to do this because we're not signing anyone, so you have to make it look like we've actually signed people. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I wish that much thought was put into it. We um, we sort of find out that players are joining the day before, or like you're mainly relying on media reports or that sort of thing. And so it was, it was really just like, we set out our stall with the Yarrick Yak one. Like, this is how we want to announce the next sign. signing. Not that we didn't want to announce him like that, but like, right, let's take him around, sell our steel. And then no one else came in. And we're like, okay, we've got to try and play with all these photos for the rest of the season because he's not playing.
3: <laughs> well, that also brought about another great tweet the the poll by the poll.
1: <laughs> oh,
0: yeah. Yeah, that was great. The um, polls in the Arthur, wasn't it? Where the, uh, someone tweeted about getting rid of them, and it wound up the Polish fan club. Yeah, I forgot about that one. But we, we went around to sell us modeling for that. There's photos of me leaning against that pole <laughs> where I look like, like Yarek Yak is a stretched-out, shaven <laughs> version of me. You know? like <laughs>
3: That's nice. I, I like that idea of just mimicking the photo shoots for yourself, and just like have, having the same photo spread of yourself is quite amusing. I will do photos
0: one day. There's a lot of them.
3: <laughs> Definitely. So it's so a one one for the future for sure. Um, you touched on Luca before there Heskif and a lot of fans have been suggesting after the West Ham game not just so he doesn't get back in the team, certainly gets taken off set pieces as well. And if anyone who watched the Arsenal-Sheffield United game the other night, they would have seen that Arsenal were very ropey from set pieces. And I think Patrick van Arnholt's uh, delivery has certainly added an extra dimension to our set pieces in that sense. But watching Arsenal from the outside, Xhaka, um, we can all see that he's... uh, He's he's a bit stale in that midf- Arsenal midfield, isn't he? And is it kind of can you see parallels there in Luca that you know on this Arsenal pod they were saying they couldn't believe that he actually got substituted in that in the game against Sheffield United, which was the same for Luca late on in the game against Man City. Do you think do you think it's a similar sort of you know they've one trick ponies in that sense? It
4: sounds a bit like it. Um, I, I you know I don't want to dig Luca out too much because yeah you know, I do love him. I just think. You know, much like I said earlier this season that I thought it was right that Andros got dropped. You know, I think if, if a player's not playing well, then over a con- you know a large period of time, it's not like a couple of games we're talking here. Then I think you, you drop him and you play someone else in the squad because that's why you have a squad. Whether that's um, McCarthy, whether that's Max Meyer, another forgotten man. Um, you know, I, I think that's the point of having a selection of players that you can pick from um and i just think lucas just not not been at it and i understand there's all these stats about passing accuracy which they went over on the review show but he just you know like against man city he was coming very deep but do, doing nothing with it you know and then the rest of the midfield would come deep and it would just you know we just sort of sit there and I, I don't think it helps us at all to do that um with Jaka. I mean, I don't watch a lot of Arsenal. To be fair, he was crap when he was a left back against us, but he's not a left back, so I'll give him that. Um, he just seems like he gets books all the time. So I suppose in that sense, he is a bit like Luca. Um, but he's he 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 seems like a bit of a boo boy for them. Um, I didn't realize, I think he's a captain as well, isn't he? Which I, I didn't realize. Um, but they yeah they haven't uh, the Arsenal fans that I've that I know and that I've sort of read comments from haven't liked him for quite a while. So I guess if he's hot-headed, then we try and just wind him up and hope we can get another red card because we seem to be quite good at that at the beginning of the season. Mm-hmm. Sam,
0: yeah, I'd, I'd agree with Heske on the point about Luca as well. It's not necessarily, and I know he's he's been in quite poor form and the the passing stats, all of that. It's not necessarily an indictment of him, if because we have got insane depth at <laughs> centre mid. I know it doesn't seem like it because loads of them don't make the squad every week. But it, like there was a time last season when he was really quite ropey for a while and the, there were issues with, I think, with his national team and it seemed like everything was weighing heavy on him. And it might just be a case that this is this is an ideal opportunity to give him a bit of a break as much as the, the people on Twitter who are calling for his head, a bit of a break. And um, try something new, hassle and harry them, and sort of see if he can just chill out a bit.
3: Yeah, I just uh, with Roy Hodgson, he's got he's got his trusted group of players, hasn't he? Um, I think it's very similar to Pardew in that sense, but I think the difference is is Hodgson's much better at keeping the people on the fringes a lot happier than Pardew was. You know, it always felt like with Pardew, if Pardew was in there, if he was in his eleven, you were the golden boys. And everyone else was just kind of forgotten about where I feel like Hodgson, everyone seems to say that he gives more of a, you understand why you're not in the team and you understand what you have to do to get into the team. And I think um, that's partly where Kamarasa and Max Meyer outdid themselves in the Colchester game where we lost at home, where um, they got overrun by a League Two midfield. So um, <laughs> it's a bit it's a bit tougher for them. And they, they probably, I, I don't doubt that Hodgson is telling them what they need to do to get back in that team. And I just... I struggle to see how Luca is gonna get dropped based on what I know of Hodgson, but I certainly feel like he could do with it. Um, Heskey, on the review show, were they talking about his pass stats actually being good?
4: Yeah. Um, apologies to Hambo if if I remember this incorrectly, um, but you know he had, he had a good pass completion rate, I think, and and Hambo sort of said you know a lot of the passes. You know, he's not in the team to pass, really. He's in there to break break the other team up so that he's got a decent pass completion rate is good, which I understand. But, my, I mean, my my issue with stats is always that you can find a stat to, you know, back your argument. Mm. So I don't really put as much faith in them as, as some people. Um, I just think that, you know, you looked at J- Jimmy sort of played Lucas' role at West Ham and I thought Jimmy was superb against West Ham. And he's got the energy to, to play that that role, even though we're sort of used to seeing him a little bit further forward. Um and the other thing is with Luca, I mean I know he's our captain, but you would say now that we we've got the ready made replacement. Kay Hill is a, a fantastic captain, I think. If Luca doesn't play, we've got the players who can take the set pieces. Um PVA, I think, took the corner that Benteke headed very close to scoring. Um so so we've got the things that Luca is in the team for, in some sense, we've got replacements for. So, I think it's less, you know, dropping him because he's crap. I just think he's a bit out of form, and giving him a rest, like like both of you have said, is is probably the, the best thing for him and the best thing for the team, in my opinion. Mm, yeah, well, on the Arsenal podcast, I was also talking about
3: how Jacka's past. <laughs> passes have been of a better percentage completion rate this season. But I said that's because he's going sideways a lot more with them. And I think there's an argument there for basically Xhaka is Luka Milivojevic. Have you ever, have you ever seen him in the run together? Is what, one question. But, but um, I think we'll move on from there and go to Pepe, the last thing, because I am petrified, Sam, that this is going to be the week that he finally does it.
0: I'm exactly the same. I, when he came in, I, he was straight on the fantasy team. In our um, our fantasy auction, we'd spent untold money on him. I was convinced that he was going to come in, hit the ground running. And then in that first game, he I think he went through one-on-one and he looked lightning quick and he sort of just fluffed his lines. But it was one of those where you're like, okay, he's going to be great. He's going to like next time he takes that and he ends up on 30-odd. And then he's just <laughs> been like a ghost. <laughs> It's really weird. Like, that, that clip of him and Wilf where the Arsenal fans were like, look at this link-up, and it was Wilf skinned three players and put it on a plate for him. Like, you just know tomorrow... Not tomorrow, sorry. I'm wishing my life away. Um, someday he's going to he's gonna turn it on, a million percent.
3: <laughs> yeah, I, I, I feel the same. I just... Mm. I don't know. It's got to happen for him at some point. And on the R-Spock they were talking about, there was green shoots in the Sheffield United performance. I mean, he did miss an absolute sitter by only slightly connecting with what should have been a tap-in. But, um, yeah, hopefully we he's he's the diaform can go on for a couple more weeks and pass us over and but we'll we'll see how that goes. All right, let's get into some predictions. We've got some predictions from Facebook this week, Heskiff. I think this is a this is a first. Uh, Paul Hughes has said it's gonna be one nil to Crystal Palace with a Joel Ward goal. And Neil Kosker has said two one to Palace with Ayu and Ben Teke Sam, that's very optimistic optimistic. We know Heskiff won't be, so let's start with yours, Sam.
0: Yeah, oh um, I like to think I'm optimistic. I normally, well, I'm I'm worried how much this evening I'm agreeing with Heskiff.
4: (laughs) (laughs) You should be very worried,
0: mate. That is nervy. But I'll say, yeah, why not? Before the City game, I predicted we'd get 15 points from our next five games. So I'm going to say the Eagles win 2-1.
3: Follow it along with Neil
4: Koska there. Heskiff, what are you going for? I'm going to quote my own tweet um, that from like five minutes after Arsenal lost to Sheffield United. So whoever's producing, get your finger on the swear button. I said, you watch these useless turn it on against us on Sunday. Pepe nailed on to score. I stand by that. Nothing's changed my mind. Talking on this podcast makes me even more sure that we're going to lose. I'll go 3-1 to Arsenal. Pepe will get two. Uh, They say, well, imitation is the... Biggest form of flattery and you're imitating yourself there. I quite. I've just I've turned into that picture of the two Spider Men pointing at each other.
3: <laughs> uh, I'm going to go for a one all in this one. Um, I think, uh, yeah, I think it'll be a tight game. Uh, Arsenal, they, they're a lot better at home, but you know we're we're very good away from home as well. So it was. I think it'll be a close run game, and it's a really high pressure situation for them. There's reports that you know. Uh, no points or not two wins from our next couple of games could really mean the end for Emery, so he's going to be under a lot of pressure in this. So it's going to certainly make for an interesting affair, and I would absolutely love it if we could do it, do a double, and then follow it up with a third win next season, like we did against Liverpool at Anfield a couple of seasons back. But um, yeah, uh, there you go, those are the three predictions. We've gone across the board there—a win, a loss, and a draw. So one of one of us is going to be right—that's for sure. Right, we'll be back after this. No paywall, no subscription.
2: Back at the the nest, Fan created podcasts, videos and articles free
3: forever. Okay, that's almost your lot for this week. Um, Please do all the normal stuff, you know, go and leave us reviews and ratings on your podcast apps. uh, Listen to the other pods. Uh, The Love Sport pod is already available for you to listen. So you can go back there. DR is on it this week. And then the review show will be, I assume, coming out on Monday night as the game is on Sunday. And Hambo and his team will eloquently go through and probably just moan, I'd imagine. That's all they do. Offer up some stats, all that stuff. (laughs) Uh, Head to backofthedest.com. Email us at hi at backofthedest.com. And of course, for the review show, send your voice notes to WhatsApp on 0203 575 1766. Um, Sam. Thank you very much for joining and sharing your experiences with us during your legendary period as CPSC social manager.
0: That's all right. Thank you for having me. Legendary is far too grandiose. I'm an idiot. <laughs> I'm
3: an idiot. Uh, I'm basically a guy trying to make his mates laugh in the pub is is. That's how to be a good social media manager, apparently. Uh, but that's what it's all about, right? Football, having a laugh with your mates down the pub and at uh, the game and that. So I think that's why it works so well and why people, I think, look on your time in a club with a very good light. So uh, en- enjoy being enjoy being a new parent and actually having your weekends back and, you know, doing a, doing a normal job. <laughs> Thank you, I am. <laughs> and Heskiff, uh, thanks as always. Cheers. As I always look forward to your nasally tones on a Wednesday night, mate. There's no-
4: yeah, I'm the only one that doesn't have a cold but permanently sounds like he does. So, <laughs> Yeah, well, you need to go on,
3: on holiday with Albert and get some uh, nice weather down you. Uh, that, that'll sort you right out. Right, we'll be back next Thursday with the Leicester preview podcast. Um, oh, I'm not going to the Leicester game, but more of that next week. So, until then, Up the palace.
1: Tell them, honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football.
2: It's the 90th minute.
1: All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets
2: share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery free and terms apply see mcdonalds.com
0: this podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport fan network talk sport powered by fans